Hello, my lovely friends. I am so excited for you all to hear from Betsy and Angie today. They are two amazing women who built their multi-million dollar company from the ground up as busy mamas. They saw a need for easier bed making, so they created Betty's. Their designs are all over Instagram and Pinterest. I'm sure you've seen them at some point because they're insanely cute and their concept is brilliant. Today, they're talking about how they did it, what the hustle looked like for them, and how love changes the game. Betty's was recently recognized as one of the 10 fastest growing companies in Utah, and they brought in $4.8 million in 2017 and continue to grow. So I hope that you all know by now that I love encouraging, supporting, and uplifting men and women who chase their goals and run after their dreams. So I want to encourage you all today to do just that, to listen to their story, to allow God to lead, and to pursue those goals that you have. Let's dive in. We were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and crazy, but when we do life together, it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I also love sharing all the secrets about things that have worked for me so that they can help you. On Living Easy, I really like to dig deep. We will laugh together and struggle together. You'll hear honest insight and practical tips about things like time management, building a brand, traveling, strengthening your faith in your marriage, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey ladies. So for our listeners, as I mentioned in the intro, this is Betsy and Angie, and they're the founders of Betty's, which is massively popular and continues to grow. You guys, every time I'm scrolling through Instagram, I see your ad or I see one of my friends posting a photo of your product. Something always pops up. And so it's just so cool to see your success. Can you begin by telling us a little bit about the beginning and how Betty's came to fruition? First of all, thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank um, you. This is, this is really exciting. <laughs> of course. So I guess I'll just start. So this is Betsy, and I had twins with bunk beds. And if you've ever <laughs> had a bunk bed, it's like impossible to make a bunk it bed. I, but I didn't know that. And so I was getting frustrated with them. I'm like, you guys, it's not that hard to make your dang bed. So I get up there to show them how to do it and realize it's impossible because you're on the bed that you're trying to make. And so I am frustrated and I go downstairs and I'm like, how to make a bunk bed or bunk bed hacks and bunk bed bedding. And I couldn't find anything. And so I would complain to everyone else. I'm like, why is there not a solution for this? Why is, <laughs> why is no one else complaining? But I ended up making my own version of what we sell now. And I was a full-time hairdresser and I had so many friends and clients. They're like, this is a great idea. You should patent yeah. this and make it, make it a business. So Angie and I have been running friends for like how long? Forever. Forever. Yeah. Oh, and so awesome. one day we had gone to lunch and Angie was going to go back to school. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> to back up every morning, I swear every morning, Betsy would come out and she'd have this new idea on something that needed to be fixed because it didn't work. And so I'd heard about this visionary a few months before Yeah, I mentioned it. It's impossible to make bump beds. Then she made her version and and then I don't know how many months later, she came to me and said, let's just do this as a hobby. Let's just make these and sell them as yeah. a hobby. <laughs> but we quickly so. found out we had to go go big or go home. There wasn't like any hobby about it yeah. because yeah. the amount of fabric it takes to make one and the amount of work, we couldn't find anything 
to do just like piece by piece, you know? So we had, right. it was, it was yeah. go big or go home. And so then that's when we decided to do a Kickstarter. And so the, the great thing about Kickstarter is it's a crowdfunding funding platform, but mm-hmm. it's a way to test your audience to see if it's something people really do want. And so um, we were able to do a hundred thousand dollars in 40 days. And that was, that was a little less than half of what we needed. We ended up taking $75,000 out on our home equity lines. And so then use the Kickstarter to pay for the first PO. And that's where it all started. Yeah. And we thought that it would be easy sailing after that. (laughs) We really did. And then we realized quickly, oh no, it sells out. And then you have to buy more. And then it just started. It just kept growing and growing. Good for you. I get that. I think trying to do a side hustle and then realizing there's no way. It's like, I I want this to be what I dreamed of. I want it to be huge. I want it to get the love that I want to give to it. And you're both visionaries and entrepreneurs, obviously, and you want to just dive in and do it. So it makes sense. But that's not always successful for people. So you should be really proud of your efforts. I think so many people want to do something. They have these ideas. They see people on Shark Tank. Jesse and I love that show. And they think, I could do that. I want that. And they desire a successful business, but they believe the lie that they can't, or they believe the lie that it's too large of a mountain to climb. And they allow this negative rhetoric to dictate their thinking because they don't have a ton of resources. They don't have a ton of time and they don't have a huge network or a following. And I think that holds people back so often. So I just want to encourage others and ask, what did that look like for you? I know that you had a Kickstarter, but did you feel like we already have it all together? We know what we're doing. So now we're going to go. No, we actually, it's funny because the further along we get, we find out all these different things. We're like, oh my gosh, this would have saved us in the beginning. And so one thing I will say for both of us is we didn't have a lot of knowledge or really any to start a business, but we were willing to put in the work. And so sleepless nights Mm -hmm. for how many years and not getting paid. And that was, that's the hard thing Mm -hmm. too, is I think when people want to start, they want to see a payoff immediately and there's not a payoff for years. And even still like the money we make, it still goes right back into the business to buy more product and to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. The number one thing is it's a ton of work, stick with it, but also you have to like plan that you're not going to have a payout. Yeah. And we, we believed in it. I remember getting the prototype that I thought, oh my word, I would buy this because we went through a ton of prototypes. So when we finally got that prototype and I believed in it before that, but that prototype just sealed the deal. And then after Kickstarter, we had so many people emailing us or just letting us know how it changed their life. And that was, that was the only payoff we had, but it was rewarding. (laughs) I mean, no monetary payoff for a very long time, years. So there was that satisfaction that we were doing something that made a difference. We believed in it. And then we Mm -hmm. also, we knew we didn't know anything. So we weren't afraid to ask questions. We Googled everything. Do you know what else I think has been helpful too, is we admitted that we didn't know what we were doing to so many people. And I think that allowed people to step in and say, well, let us help. We know this, or we can help you with this. Cause I think if you play, like, you know, everything, then people don't offer help. So we were lucky to have so many people come and help us. Yeah. We, we live in an area that has a lot of business owners. And so we mm-hmm. have actually grown a network and that took some time for sure. 
but we are constantly asking other business owners or people in the same small business or influencers or whatever, what do you do that works? Because we don't think we have all the answers. I think it's helpful to find businesses who are at the same or similar point in their business as you. Because if you're starting and then you go ask someone who's really big for their advice, they're at a different point in business. Because where we are now is not where we were three years ago. And what is helpful now wouldn't have been necessarily helpful three years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's finding other businesses who are at a similar point in business. Always get advice from people who are ahead of you because they can say, hey, this happened or do this, you know. But I think it's try to find somebody who's similar to you in size. Yeah. And I think the willingness is there more as well, because obviously once someone has grown a large platform and they're in a different position, one, it's harder to go back to like the grassroots of it all and try to remember how you started it and what the step-by-step process was that worked for you. But also at that point, they have different expectations. They have different standards. They have a large team and less time likely and all of those things. And that's something that's been heavy on my heart in coaching or talking with friends is don't be afraid to ask. Don't diminish the importance of having a small following. The engagement tends to be even higher on small followings a lot of the time. But don't be afraid to ask other people. Don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. You'll never know until you take that risk and ask someone. Something I've learned from Betsy too is she she doesn't take no for an answer. So if there so <laughs> maybe maybe seven years ago, if if I had heard no, that won't work, mm-hmm. I probably said, Yeah, you're right. And yeah. then but Betsy's like, Oh no, I'll just ask someone else or I'll go around this way and do it, you know? <laughs> so I've learned a lot that way that there's there's never just one answer, that you can go about solutions in many different ways. And I think that that has helped us. And then mm-hmm. just our ignorance did help us a lot because we didn't know where we might fail. And we just kept working like good work ethic, just work, work, work. And, um, and it paid our very best. Yeah. But had we known that the amount of times we could fail, I wouldn't have dared to do it. We went into Kickstarter thinking, okay, Kickstarter is a great way to get fundraising, to purchase our first PO. But I heard since then how many Kickstarters don't fund. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. If I'd known that, I wouldn't have ever dared to do it because I would have thought we were going to fail, you know? So we went into it just thinking, okay, how do we make it work? Not thinking of the failure side of it. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know. If you don't try once, even if you fail, you literally have zero chance at success. Not even 1% chance. (laughs) You have 1% chance if you try. Your first Mm -hmm. blog post might be super rough. Your first podcast episode might be rough. I listened back to ours with Milk and Honey originally and the quality was really bad. All (laughs) kinds of things. But you don't get better if you don't try. And that fear of failure can seep so deeply into our hearts. And I think it allows us and gives us almost justification to hesitate or completely stop in our tracks. But you never know how far you could possibly get. So your story, ladies, is so encouraging to me. And I hope our listeners are really encouraged as well. You also learn a ton from all these mistakes. Oh yeah. We so did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best people lessons. might look and say, oh, they failed at this, yeah. this, and this, but we've just made a workaround and we learned. Yeah. We, we we've had a lot of failures. But I also failure. think that we don't dwell on them. No. Had we dwelled on them, I think that we wouldn't again, it's like you just get stuck in a rut. But we've signed bad contracts and we're like, oh, son of a gun. 
well, how do we work around this or how do we make it work? Mm -hmm. You know? And so now we read contracts or now we do all these little things. That's good. You know, you said you've been running together for a long time. You're both mamas. You're living life alongside each other. So how does your relationship with one another and your relationship with your employees and your customers help you to grow your business? I think number one, Angie and I, we were really good friends before, but part of the reason why I chose her as a business partner is because we're dead opposite in personalities, but we had similar aged kids. Our youngest are the same age, so we didn't have to worry about babies at home when we needed when we needed to travel. Um, financially, I felt like we spent money similar. I know that sounds so dumb, but- No, not um, at all. If, if she had been a huge spender, it would have been so stressful to mm-hmm. me. And, and I think if I was a huge spender, stressful to her. Mm-hmm. So that way, and then she's my good opposite. Like it's kind of, we joke that it's like we're married because it really <laughs> is. And the funny thing is, is there's so many similarities in her and my husband. So when something bugs my husband, it will usually bug her or vice versa, you know, like, yeah. and then the people we work with and our employees, we genuinely love them. And I want to have fun while I'm at work. Angie wants to have fun while she's at work. And so naturally we make things fun here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're really lucky. The people that work here, they treat it like it's their business. They're invested. They treat the customers Mm -hmm. well, which is what we want. For us, we wanted a product that we felt good about, even though that sounds cheesy, but we didn't want people to say, this is garbage. We wanted people to like the quality. We wanted it to be something we would buy. And so we've always wanted to take care of the customer. And I think that just trickles. We try to take care of our relationship, the relationship with our employees and the customer. Just try to treat people the way we want to be treated. Yeah, yeah. And there's something too, we talked about our values within Mm -hmm. Betty's and it sounds like the dumbest value, but it's fair because I always want to be fair down to who we buy our product from and our manufacturers. I want to be fair to them. And then I want to be fair to my employees and I want to be fair to our end customer too. And I think that when you, that you want to be fair to everybody and treat everybody well, then I think it always comes back. So I think our factory, we have, we have such a great relationship with them mm-hmm. and our employees, like they never take advantage of us. But at the same time, we want to be able to work around their schedules. We know what it's like to be a mom and have kids that need you on some days, you know, and because I feel like we're fair to them, they in turn are so fair to us and never take advantage of things. And they're always working yeah. hard for us. And you can have too. all of the so, work ethic. You can have all of the wisdom. You can have so many resources, but if we don't have that love for people, we're going to hit a dead end because eventually that work ethic and that wisdom will stop getting us ahead if we're not loving the people we work with and work for. And I think a lot of companies learn that the hard way, unfortunately, um, because it's huge, but it seems like you guys are doing a great job. So that's awesome. Can you share one secret, say like your smoking gun that has worked to grow your business? You both have a multi-million dollar company and you're continuing to grow. So what's one thing that an entrepreneur who is listening could do that worked for you? So part of me is I feel like I always try to do the the next step that nobody else is doing. So I'm like, once everyone's doing, it was giveaways for a while on Instagram. And I remember we did giveaways with other companies. And then it seemed like all I see every day is giveaways, giveaways, Mm -hmm. giveaways. If you like this, you know, and so then I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? My thing is I want to do what everyone's not doing. And one thing that, that we've done for actually the last three years is our 10K giveaway. And I feel like that's a really good one because it's a great way to get 
all of our audience and people to create content for us that we can use. But in turn, they have an opportunity to win $10,000 cash. It's when just, Betsy brought it up, I thought it was a crazy idea when she brought it up, but I, I always trust her instinct. And, and that has worked. We have had the most fun the last three years doing it. So, <laughs> and every year we say, do we want to do this? And I always say, yes, I think I'm the most on board. Let's do it. <laughs> That's actually another thing about Andy. And this is why she's the best business partner, because I will come up with crazy ideas that I think everyone in the world would tell me no. But for some reason, Angie's like, I, I think that's a great idea. Let's yeah, do it. She has good instincts. So yeah. Deal. Well, thank you both so much. Can you quickly tell our listeners about Betty's? I know I told you guys before I started recording that I'm already going to be getting Betty's for Sutton and Saxon, my two boys, because we're finishing up our house renovation finally. Yay. And I'm so excited. But let our listeners know why they should be excited about Betty's. What is fun and unique about your product and why is it helpful as a mama? Okay. So Betty's are a little bit hard to explain in person. So we have videos on Betty's.com if you want to look at it or our Instagram, which is Betty's Beds. But basically it's all of your bedding in one unit. So it goes on your mattress like a fitted sheet. There's elastic all the way around the bottom and then you zip to get in and out, but it's all of your bedding. And the thing that's the most exciting for us is, so you heard Betsy say she invented it because her kids weren't making their bunk beds and then she couldn't make the bunk beds. So we really thought this was just for bunk beds. And then we were getting customers telling us, no, this is for our special needs kids because now they can stay zipped up and cozy and they've it's got the minky fabric for the sensory processing disorder. And again, a lot of us don't sleep with it zipped up, but for kids like that, they love to be zipped in. It feels secure. But then we were hearing from the RV community, no, this is for actually my husband and I went on, a, on an RV trip and it goes perfectly on those beds. And then, so we just kept hearing more and more people, older people that have arthritis or there's, yeah. it's for every bed. Yeah. And, and the best way I think to visualize it without being able to see a demonstration of it is think of a sleeping bed and all of your bedding had a baby. Okay. <laughs> but, but better. Yeah. It's pretty. <laughs> and come, Yes. Because it's like, you don't feel like you're in a sleeping bag, but I think that's the best way for people to understand when you open it, the fitted sheets already there, the comforters on top, you can unzip it. So you feel like you're sleeping in traditional bedding. And part of what's patented on the bedding is the comfort panels that extend out. So it covers the zippers. So when you're thinking, I don't want to sleep with zippers, we didn't want to either. And so that's what that comfort panel flips out, gives you full coverage, like traditional bedding, and it covers the zippers. So you don't feel it while you sleep. Awesome. And it's so easy to make for kids, which keeps a room clean. Yes, yes. And I am all yes. about that. Let me tell you too, because I have it on my king size bed and I love it because your bedding always looks nice and tucked in. I have that the platform bed that I want it to look nice and neat. So you see the wood edges all the way around and it keeps the bedding in place at the bottom of the bed. For some reason, why does bedding shift all to one side and then it falls on the corner where this literally, I can lift it up and just zip up my side. And my husband, when he gets up, can make his side. So it's awesome for all beds. Mm -hmm. All the things. Cool. I will tag all of Betty's social platforms and link the website for our listeners in the show notes. You guys show them some love. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode on Instagram and tag at lindsay.maestas and that's M-A-E-S-T-A-S and at Betty's Beds and it's B-E-D-D-Y-S. On Living Easy, we are all about sharing the love and encouraging women in their business ventures. So let's do this together. Thank you, ladies. Thanks so much for coming on. 
Hey guys, if you love the show, the best compliment you could ever give is to share the love. If you enjoyed this episode, take a quick screenshot to share on your stories or on Facebook and tag me, or you can simply text it to a friend or family member. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast or at lindsay.maestas. The more you share, the more of an opportunity we all have to bring a little bit of hope and joy to people around the world. So let's do it together. Thank you all so much for your support and for listening to Living Easy. You guys are the best ever. Have a great day. Bye.